0: So we're going to begin today, um, the second week of um, our series, uh, The Mind of Christ, um, week two of three. And so I'm super excited to be here with you this morning. Um, And if you were here with us last week, as uh, Justin kicked off our three-part sermon series, you heard him share about his own story and how the Lord has brought about a ton of healing in his life the past year. He also shared about how having the mind of Christ means making Christ present each and every moment we find ourselves in. To live presently with the mind of Christ, we must make him present. We must be aware of his presence in everything and that in order to have the mind of Christ to respond to what is ever in front of us the way he would. He shared out of Mark 12 and how one of the greatest commandments in all of scripture is uh, loving the Lord with all your mind. Um, and which is a big piece of why this sermon series is so crucial. And the other aspect that makes it so crucial is the numerous conversations that Justin and I have had um, with people in this congregation who are hurting and burdened um, with the mental battles they are facing and has made us realize how necessary diving into this aspect of our faith journey is. Um, he also shared about a four-week class we're going to be having here at Wellspring uh, following our final sermon next week. Uh, It's going to be starting Wednesday, January 29th from 7.30 to 9 p.m. in the church basement. And it was in your uh, church bulletin if you need more info on that. Um, And, guys, I'm super excited about this class. Um, There's going to be just amazing information and self-exploration that is going to really be beneficial to all of us, Um, not only for our spiritual health but for our emotional and physical health as well. Um, And I know it's going to be super transforming for me to go to, and it's going to be amazing uh, for anyone who comes to it. And so there's a sign-up sheet on the back table back there. Uh, behind the sound booth. Um, if you want to sign up after church today, today is actually the last day to sign up. And so um, if you have any questions about maybe someone who's here who might be interested, um, but you're not sure if uh, at the moment, if they're going to want to come or sign up, um, come talk to Justin or I after the service and we can and uh, just tell you how, how you could go about doing that um, throughout the rest of the day. So you can get whoever needs to be signed up, signed up, because we want everyone uh, to be there who's able to be there. Um, we actually... Um, have 95 people currently sign up for this class. And so we are super excited for the ways God is going to be moving through that and want as many people as possible to be um, just involved. Um, so last night, um, I got a text from a friend um, and he encouraged me, and this is really encouraging stuff about speaking today. But he also said, as a joke, um, he was like, don't choke or whatever. And so I responded back and I was like, Uh, I'm not going to try to go all Houston Texans on my sermon today. So um, I'm going to try to not give up a 24-0 lead um, as I speak today, uh, but bear with me. Um, So I'm excited and grateful to share with you all my story today. Um, And Justin has played a big role in my personal journey and transformation as well. And if you didn't know, Justin and I have always known that we're very similar. Um, We both are obsessed with the Chiefs. Um, we We share a very similar sense of humor. And uh, I'm convinced that if you had an office, or not an office, wow, a camera in our shared office down in the basement, we can make our own mini-series of The Office, the show The Office down there. And, you know, I, of course, would make, you know, a great Jim Halpert. He'd be probably a Dwight Schrute, um, something like that. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. But um, so we both also work in ministry, and our wives are both nurses, and Justin and Sarah have two daughters, and Sam and I have two daughters. Well, you know, uh, not yet, thankfully, Um, but I'm sure... One day, it only makes sense because it would just be one more thing in common to have with Justin. Um, And these are all great things to have in common, but we also share a common burden, um, and that's great and fierce mental battles and torment that have caused uh, a lot of destruction in our lives in one way or another. And this mental struggle began for me at a much younger age than I realized until about a year ago. Uh, My family and I were watching home videos in our basement, Um, and I was probably about eight or nine years old at the time of this video. Um, in the video, it was my cousins, my siblings and I, and we were putting on a dance show for our parents, which was a very common occurrence. Um, and at about halfway through um, our dance show, I walk up to my mom who's holding the camera and I say, mom, why does my chest hurt? And this may not seem like that big of a deal, but there's no reason my chest should have hurt. I didn't get hit in the chest. I didn't have anything internal going on. And so I'm not, not sure exactly where that came from, but it was honestly um, really eye-opening for me and made some big connections because one of the way the enemy attacks me is by having me worry about my health. And I thought this began around the age of 18, but this video was a revelation that made me realize the enemy's work had begun much earlier. And as I processed what this video revealed about my life, I started remembering a few occasions in my childhood where I had um, obsessive and intrusive thoughts about my health and honestly had a few meltdowns. Remembering these events started to connect the dots for me. Uh, but I'm going to begin my story during my senior year of high school, because that's when uh, these mental battles really started to heat up for me. During cross-country season, my senior year of high school, I was diagnosed with celiac disease. Uh, and being one who gets very squeamish when anything medical is happening to, happening to me, it was really hard for me to have a procedure done and then um, get my blood drawn fairly often after that. Um, it was kind of traumatizing, and for some people it's not, but for me it was. So, um, so along with some other weird, weird medical issues I had throughout my childhood, um, I think this was a main trigger that kind of led to my crippling anxiety heading into my freshman year of college, um, and I've also realized that something else that can kind of cause a lot of anxiety in me is just change in general. And so this, these health issues combined with major change going to college is really uh, the perfect opportunity for Satan to really mess with me. In the second semester of my freshman year of college, was easily the most challenging and discouraging time of my life. I was so anxious about my health and well-being that I couldn't focus in class. I couldn't sleep, couldn't be present with friends, and didn't even enjoy running um, because it made me worry about my health even more. My heart was constantly racing. I sweat all the time. I couldn't be still. Um, Sorry. Uh, I worried that worrying about my health was making my health worse, so I worried even more. I was worrying about worrying which is hard to comprehend, but it, it felt like hell nonetheless. Uh, it was a really awful time for me, and I thank the Lord that he, draw, he drew me near to him during this time, or I don't know what kind of shape I would have been in. And it was t- during this time that Justin and I's friendship really began to grow as well as he reached out to me uh, just to be a good friend and to encourage me. After battling this crippling anxiety for months, I decided to go to counseling, and it was during this counseling over the summer, between, er, uh, over the summer after my freshman year of college that I learned one of the most helpful tools for overcoming anxiety, and I'm gonna be sharing about that later, which I'm really excited about. So I really grew a lot over that summer and was in a much healthier place. And then Sam and I started dating, and we're married now, which is exciting. But um, when we, so we started dating over that summer, and that was something that was really helpful for me as well. Um, You know, it at least got me to stop focusing on my own problems for a little while. Um, But like anything that we don't get to the root of, uh, my anxiety reared its head again uh, before I graduated college. So then my anxiety transitioned into being about material possessions. My mind wouldn't quiet down until I got the object that I desired. I would constantly justify why I needed new things and how my life wasn't quite what it should be without them. And once I gave in to buying something, it wasn't long until I realized that that thing didn't satisfy me. And then out of guilt and frustration, I would end up selling the thing that I just spent months uh, being really excited, or that I just got months ago and was really excited about getting This was a cycle that began my senior year of college and I still struggle with to this day. And I wanted just for some perspective to give you a list of things that I've bought and sold over the past three years or so. I did a game at, I don't have this on here, but I did a game at Missouri Western at College Young Life one time where I threw out candy if they could guess what I sold and like bought and resold. It was kind of dumb. But um, so I'm not going to do that here. I don't have anything to throw out. I mean, I could chuck a water bottle at you if you want, but um, so... Here's a few things I've sold, uh, bought and sold in the past three years, an Xbox One, a PS4, an Apple Watch, two Garmin watches, multiple pairs of shoes, and uh, the list goes on. I'm sure there's more. Um, And it's kind of funny, but it's mostly sad, honestly. Um, And You can imagine the kind of emotional and financial burden this has placed on Sam and I, and it's honestly caused some uh, problems in our marriage, if I'm being honest. We've had many hard conversations about this area um, of my life, and it has caused her much stress. And thankfully, I'm not blowing all of our money because, you know, I have a ton to blow with two part-time ministry jobs anyway. But uh, uh, I have some sense of self-control, but it still has a grip on my heart and life nonetheless. So fast forward to this past March. Justin and I were sitting in our office, and he started sharing with me how he was done trying to battle this on his own. He was going to go get help. So he went to counseling and to the doctor and began researching on his own and was diagnosed with OCD which you talked a lot about last week. And I don't know about you, but I had the misconception that OCD was all about germs and washing your hands a lot and checking to see if the light switch was off 15 times. Um, and those things are a part of OCD for sure, uh, but I realized that OCD had a much deeper and expansive definition. And, I li- and as I listened to how Justin described OCD and did my own research, I realized um, more and more that I had OCD as well. Remember Justin and I have a lot in common, so this was really beginning to help us understand why we were so similar in the way uh, we think and the way we struggle. So here's the clinical definition of OCD according to psychiatry.org. So obsessive-compulsive disorder, or OCD, is an anxiety disorder in which people have recurring, unwanted thoughts, ideas, or sensations that make them feel driven to do something repetitively. And when I read this, it was like a light bulb went off in my brain. My life started to make sense. Why well, I had so many recurring? Uh, unwanted thoughts and engaged in compulsions to make my anxiety go away. And once I made this realization, I went to the doctor and was diagnosed with OCD as well and began taking medication. And after a month or two, things started to get better better mentally and I started to find some healing. However, uh, I gave into the temptation of relying solely on medication and not really getting to the deep spiritual root of things and seeking healing there. I put off counseling for months and I put off deep community for months as well. It took until this past November, just a couple months ago, for me to get the ball rolling on counseling and meeting with a men's group, and it has been so impactful for me, and I should have done it a lot sooner. And it's allowing me to get to the root of things rather than just putting a Band-Aid on my struggles. And I know this is cliche, but everyone should go to counseling at some point throughout their lives. It really allows the Lord to work in us as we process our story. So that is kind of where I am today. I'm still struggling and battling and fighting, resting in the Lord and pursuing healing, and I'm excited for the ways God is gonna continue to transform me more into his image, that I might have a more sober and clear mind as well. And earlier I said there was something I learned during my first counseling stint after my freshman year of college, and that's where I wanna spend most of the rest of our time today. I believe it really has the power to transform our minds, our hearts, and our lives if we can put it into practice. And this way of thinking is called radical acceptance. And radical acceptance means we accept our negative, obsessive, and anxious thoughts as they come, not judging our motives or whether the thoughts are good or bad, um, but acknowledging that they are there and speaking grace and truth to ourselves as we let them pass. So let me give you an example. All too often when I have a thought I don't want to have, I can ruminate on it for hours. And this is because I start waging a war in my mind on whether the thoughts are good or bad or what they mean. I also tend to beat myself up, beat myself up for having the thought in the first place. So if a thought pops into my head that I'm going to have a heart attack at an early age because I had a pop for dinner These are real thoughts, people, I have these thoughts. Uh, I will usually battle that thought in my head going back and forth on whether it's true or not. I will also tell myself, way to go. You've been so worried about this that you couldn't be present with your wife and your family. Um, You're not representing Christ well and you've just wasted this whole night. And that doesn't sound much like the voice of God, does it? The beautiful thing about radical acceptance is that it allows God's voice to be heard amidst the shouting lies in our mind. And when I engage in radical acceptance, I start speaking to myself like this, it's okay. It's okay that I'm worrying about this. This is just one thought out of thousands I'm having today. The Lord has got me through these thoughts before, and he's going to again, and I'm going to be okay. And this has proven to be extremely powerful in helping me let things go and not hold me captive. And the truth of the matter is that the more we wrestle with the thought, the stronger and more powerful it gets. The key is to accept it, and by doing so, show yourself grace. I'm going to pause right there because am I clicking a lot? I can hear. Should I switch to that? Mike. Okay, cool. I just like, it's bothering me. So I just wanted to make sure I want to be able to be hurt. Sweet. Cool. Or not be distracted. There we go. Okay. So like I said, so, some, so the key is to accept it and by doing so. Show yourself grace. And so now some of you might be saying to yourself, you know, I don't, I don't tend to beat myself up that much, honestly. I tend to lean toward feeling like I have things together most of the time. And hear this from me, both ends of the spectrum are unhealthy. Whether you beat yourself up or feel self-reliant and think you have life figured out. The key question for people in both groups is this, are you allowing grace to transform your life? Are you able to hear the voice of grace speaking to you amidst the shouts of the enemy that say you're not good enough? And on the other end, are you able to admit your desperate need for the Lord and humble yourself enough to accept his grace? So I'd love to open the floor to hear from you all. Which of these two groups do you tend to find yourself prone to self-condemnation or prone to self-reliance and how has that impacted your ability to accept grace? So I'll say that one more time. Which of these two groups do you tend to find yourself prone to self-condemnation or prone to self-reliance? And how has that impacted your ability to accept grace? So I'm opening the floor to hear from you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, that's good. He said that it's just hard sometimes when he feels like he should be past something and he can really beat himself up over that, um, for sure. No, that's really good. Anyone else? Yeah, Brad. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. No, he said just his tendency to kind of um, self-reliance can kind of keep him um, maybe focused on himself um, and kind of judging where he's at compared to other people. That's really good. Thanks for being open. Yeah, Randy. <coughs> yeah yeah mm, that's yeah that's a good point and it can definitely be a mixture of both I think too for sure mm, that's good Anyone else willing to share Aubrey Yeah, yeah. Mm. Thank, hey man. Thank you for being honest. Um, appreciate that. And um, definitely related to those feelings as well. And um, how when we keep those self-condemning thoughts in, we don't allow others to show us grace, and how God might show us grace through other people too. Um. Yeah. Thank you for sharing, Aubrey. Um. Yeah, and like I shared, I definitely um lean to the, to the self-condemnation for sure. Um, it's very rare if I'm um, becoming um, self-reliant in that way. Um, but the bottom line is this. Um, grace has the power to transform us, and we have to be humble enough to be able to get, to be able to experience it and accept it. And Jesus paid it all so that we could accept this grace. So who are we to not accept it? By not accepting it, we're saying that we know what we need more than Christ knows what we need. I feel like I need to punish myself and beat myself up in order to get what I deserve. Or if you're on the other end of the spectrum and have a hard time knowing what you need grace for, your response might be that you neglect God's grace and can get by without it. Regardless of where you're at, you must get to a place where we can humble ourselves enough, stepping down off our throne of self-lordship and allow his grace to transform us. And Paul puts it well in his letter to Titus when he talks about the power that grace has to transform us. In Titus 2, 11 through 12, he says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. And I think this can apply to our minds as well. Grace teaches us to say no to anxious, overwhelming, and crippling thoughts and anxiety, and yes to self-controlled, upright, and godly ways of thinking. If it is grace that allows this process to happen. And as we allow God's grace to help us accept our thoughts and let them go, we're able to move forward towards transformation and healing. Grace moves us toward this because when we begin to believe that we're accepted and loved unconditionally, that we are chosen, we can stop believing lies about who we are that leave us stuck. The truth that grace offers us sets us free. And there's another way of thinking that has been really impactful for me. So has anyone here ever heard of the reverse golden rule? Could someone explain it for me if you know what the reverse golden rule is? Anybody yeah mm. yeah, yeah so um so the so the golden rule right would be to treat others like you treat yourself. um the reverse golden rule would be to treat yourself how you treat other people, and this was really eye opening for me because I realized that I treat other people way better than I treat myself. When other people share with me their burdens and struggles, I am much more encouraging, kind, loving, and more willing to speak God's truth to them than I am to myself when I struggle. You and I are not the exception to the reverse golden rule. We don't deserve condemnation more than others, and we are to speak truth and grace to ourselves just as we might to a close friend. I hope that can be an encouraging reminder for you all as well. So I want to share with you all a of passage of scripture that has been crucial in my life the past few years, and it's in 2 Corinthians 12. If you'd like to open your Bibles and turn there, um, it's page 1059 uh, in your pew Bible. So it's 2 Corinthians 12, and we're going to be reading verses 7 through 9. So starting about halfway through verse 7, it says, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And we can see from this passage that Paul is struggling with something. And we don't know what it is, but we do know that it was tormenting him and causing him much distress. We also know that he cried out to the Lord for healing, but it wasn't taken away. And maybe you're sitting here today relating to how Paul is feeling. I know I have at times for sure. But God's response to Paul points to the most important thing we can do in the midst of our struggle and trials. Allow God's grace to be enough for us. We do not move toward healing by striving for for perfection or beating ourselves up with condemning thoughts or ignoring our flaws and being self-reliant, but solely by resting in his grace for us. It is the only way we will experience transformation and healing. It is the only way the Lord's power can be present in our lives. And I believe I'm moving in this direction in my own life, And but guys, I still struggle every day. Uh, honest confession, I, I um, struggled this week pretty heavily with um, something, and it was in that moment um, that uh, when I struggled and felt like man, I haven't really made as much progress as I thought I was making on some of this stuff, you know? Uh, I don't know if you've ever had that. You feel like you kind of almost trick yourself into believing you've healed and maybe t- progressed more than you actually have. Um, so it was one of those moments this past week, and I remember talking with Sam, um, and it was basically because uh, I was just, let my anxious and er, anxious and obsessive thoughts get me to the point of making a, a purchase I shouldn't have made in an up upset um, and hurt Sam a lot. So I was talking to her, and I was like, "Am I even?" And I, and I know this was such a lie from the enemy, but I was like, "Am I? Am I even qualified to give my sermon this Sunday?" Like, that's a legit thought I had. And so I want you to know that I that I'm still wrestling with this stuff as well, um, <laughs> and battling. Um, but to know that I'm I'm in the fight too. Um, I'm excited for you guys who are, who are taking that journey as well. Um, <clears throat> that's my drink break. I don't know how it compares to my dad or Justin, but there you go. Um, take it for what it is. So. Um, so speaking of my wife, I brought my wife up and I know Justin did this last week, but I have put her through a lot. I've put her through a lot and, um, I know it's been really, really hard, um, at times. Um, and man, she, (laughs) she has been amazing at, um, just being a beautiful example of how to show just grace, 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 grace and patience and just compassion for someone who's really, really struggling. Um, and, um. And she's just stuck by my side through it all. So I just wanted to say thank you and I love you. Um, And I know that she would be open uh, to talking to anyone who may be be asking that question, you know, how do I love my spouse, family member, or friend in the midst of their mental battles? And this is something that we're also going to be talking about as we move along on this journey of the mind of Christ. It 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 encourages me to say that I have experienced pieces of healing here and there, but I still have a long way to go, like I said. And I'm okay with that and I still have hope in the midst of the struggle because there's one thing I do know. God's committed to you and I's transformation and healing and he's way more committed than we are. And I hope this gives you guys some hope and relief that no matter what is going on in your heart and life during the rest of your days on earth, God's commitment to you never changes or wavers. It is never dependent on your obedience and faithfulness but solely on his. And as we wrap up our time today, uh, we're gonna come to the communion table as a reminder of God's continuing faithfulness to us and the ushers are going to dismiss you. You can come up and tear a piece of bread um, and dip it in the cup. And then there's gluten-free options a gluten-free option on my left if you need that as well. So I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to give you a few minutes to read some verses up on the screen um, that I put together about God's faithful commitment to you and your healing. Um, so let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this day. Um, again, God, just thank you um, that we're just a part of a church body that just values vulnerability and openness um, and people sharing their story. Um, I'm super grateful to be up here today sharing mine. Um, God, and I pray that this would just continue to encourage people to open up and be more vulnerable about their story as well. And know that we're all broken and hurting. Um, and there's no one that's the exception um, to, to, to any part of life, God. That we're all in this together. Man, um, I just pray for your grace and your transformation and your healing to come over us, God. That we would be able to have a... Uh, a way of thinking, God, that just allows your grace to speak to us, God, that we would just uh, engage in radical acceptance where we can uh, uh, just accept the thoughts that come, the unwanted thoughts that come as they are, God, and just uh, speak your truth and grace to those in, in the process, God. Let them go. Let them pass. Um, we love you. God, we just thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen.